0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast
1: collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hello, my wonderful, amazing, beautiful,
0: awesome friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, Backward ass ideals we have right here in the United States. This is episode one hundred and forty of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sonny Megatron. My co-host is Ken Melvoin Berg, who you'll be hearing from shortly in the conversation portion of this episode. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and kinky perverts too. Also, we're married. So this week's episode is a deep dive into sex positive philosophy and BDSM theory. We examine the question, what is kink? It sounds pretty simple, but you'll discover as we start peeling back the onion layers of this question, it seems as if there are infinite very different answers. It turns out each of our very individual subjective meanings of kink and the kink community dictate how we relate to others and our overall sexual experience. Is kink a set of actions? Is it a philosophy? Is it a generic catch-all word? Well, you're about to find out. Now, this conversation was recorded during a live stream on Get Vocal. We do those every Wednesday night. So you'll notice we don't have our typical in-studio sound. We also take comments and questions from the text chat during the live stream. And also some of our audience members even join the discussion. Before we dive into that conversation, you know, there's something else we need to get to first, right? It's ball washing time, as we so lovingly call housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast. So speaking of that live stream, yes, it is still going strong every single Wednesday night at 8pm Pacific time. And it's absolutely free. This coming week, on nine we're answering BDSM's most frequently asked questions. You can join that conversation at bit.ly slash ASP, for American Sex, stream, ASP stream. You like that, don't you? Uh, it's Wednesday night, or you can also catch the archives of all of our past conversations at that same link too. And by the way, if you miss any of the links that we mentioned in this episode, don't worry about it. They're all going to be in the show notes for episode 140 at AmericanSexPodcast.com. Okay, so I got more free stuff. Have you joined our sex positive discord community yet? Come on, come join us. It's at bit.ly slash discord ASP. And there we talk about sexuality, kink, mental health, and lots of off topic stuff too, it's a really friendly and active community, and we want you to join us. Come on over. And I've also got a new thing speaking of community and fun and free stuff, I am making sex ed and BDSM educational content on TikTok. Yeah, I am an official kink talker, as they call them. Like I feel like a grandma right now. Anyway, look for me there and tell your friends I am. Just at tag sunny megatron there, like I am everywhere else too. I've also surpassed a thousand followers in about two days. Like it's growing pretty rapidly, and that blows my damn mind. I can't believe it. My ultimate goal is hitting 10,000 followers because that unlocks a bunch of important creator features that I can really use. So if you're so inclined, yeah, spread the word, tell your friends, even if you're on TikTok, duet me. You know, I appreciate that so, so much. Thank you. Also, you know that Ken and I believe the conversations that we have here and all the other places on the internet, whether that's on our live streams, whether that's on social media, and now TikTok, we believe they're super important. They improve relationships, change lives, build community, and do so many other magical things. And because we believe this so wholeheartedly, we make it a point to give this critical content away for free. And even though it feels fucking amazing helping make the world just a little bit better of a place, it unfortunately doesn't pay the bills. So to help keep our content accessible to everyone, please support us on Patreon if you can. That address is patreon.com/slash American Sex. And of course, when you become a member, you get stuff too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full-length episodes, our regular episodes early. You get American Sex Podcast stickers sent to you in the mail. We give you a shout-out on the podcast. Sometimes we do patron only hangouts, lots of stuff. So Please, we'd love for you to join us. Lastly, you heard about Ken's new side gig, right? He is having so much fun teaching people how to play tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, etc. You can watch him stream games on Twitch for free a few nights a week. I want to say Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday afternoons. I play in a game with Dirty Lola, Kevin Patterson, and longtime fan of the show, Nisha, who you're actually going to hear towards the end of this episode. We're on Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, so come on and watch and cheer us on. Also, when you watch in the chat, you can give your input and affect the things that we all encounter in the game. So if you want to fuck with us, come to twitch.tv slash rpg and ken's also available for professional game master services too and in the show notes will be his twitter handle so reach on out if that's what you want oh quick heads up this is it last thing heads up we're on hiatus next monday which is 9 21 my youngest birthday. Happy birthday. She doesn't listen to her mom's sex podcast though. I mean, that's like, you know, the seventh circle of hell for a uh, uh, you know, young adult. Anyway, uh we're going to be back <laughs> with our regular Monday episodes on September 28th, which is Monday. All right, American fuckers, now that the balls are so thoroughly washed, let's figure this out. What is kink? <laughs> our our topic is, what is kink? And that sounds like a really simple question, but I was presented with it over the last couple of days, like, I don't know, earlier this week, and I I nearly had an existential crisis over the question, what is kink? So I'm going to tell you how this came about. So I'm on a message board for neurodiverse folks, and one of the questions came up was, it's hard to date, like, this is was a board specifically um, for condition or condition learning disability, whatever, called nonverbal learning disability, which basically, and that's me, that's me. Basically, one of the symptoms is it's hard for you to read nonverbal language. So, you know, what do they say? Like 65% of language is like with nonverbal cues or yeah. something. So people who have nonverbal learning disorder, can't read the nonverbal and are hyperverbal. So there was a question that was posed that was, this makes dating really hard. Like when you can't pick up the innuendos and the flirting and you need people to be really blunt. Like a lot of people who she are- is
2: terrible at flirting. Yeah. She never got it, even when we were dating.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of folks that who are on the autistic spectrum that have the same issues. And it's, we need people to just be like, spell it out, use your words, like be very specific. Or like for Not me, it's like, you know, come on. Huh? Yeah, you know, I, like, I don't get the hey. how, wink, wink, wink. I have no idea what's happening. You know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> use your words. Um, so that was the question that was posed in this group I was in is like, dating is really hard as somebody who can't read nonverbal cues. And, you know, what do y'all do? So my answer to that was for me, when I found the kink community, it was mind blowing because in kink communities, it's very customary. If if you're interested in someone, you're like hi, I am interested in you. This is exactly, I, I want, I'm looking for a play partner. This is exactly what I want. This is what I'm looking for in a partner. W- are you interested? Would you like to negotiate? And, you, and it's customary to have those really in-depth conversations with someone who's a virtual stranger. So I was like, this is great. I don't have to rely on flirting anymore. And I mean, yes, that was important when it came to partners that were potentially sexual partners, but it also was important when I was meeting friends, like I always tell people, if you're going to get involved in any sort of sexual sub community, yes, you may be getting involved to find partners and people have sex with or to play with. However, it is just as important that you find people who are friends in that community. Mm. So you have like minded people that you can you know, get advice from and bounce things off of. So that. Culture in the kink community of verbally obtaining consent, verbally explaining what you want, verbally like being okay to be like, you know what? I feel really awkward right now, and I have no idea what's going on. Can you tell me? That's welcome in kink communities. People communicate that way. Um, so it was really great for friends as well. So yeah, that's the two cents that I gave. That I I had a lot of luck. When I found King Communities, not only for finding partners and dating, but for just finding friends that were on that same wavelength where they could be very verbal with me.
2: And, you know, this is kind of a sidetrack from what we're talking about today. But it's interesting when you're involved in any sexual sub community, whether it's BDSM or one of the subsects of BDSM, like the rope community, the leather community, or maybe you're a sex worker and you're in adult films. Um, your sexuality doesn't necessarily define you, nor does a terrible event in your sexuality necessarily define you. And it, a lot of people that are vanilla are surprised that we have friends that are in porn that we just are friends with, and they're not necessarily like sexual partners. And there's other people we have that are sexual partners, but it's really about chemistry, yeah. and common kinks, communication. Right. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I think... Well, that's one thing somebody really has to realize is just because somebody is kinky and has kinks doesn't mean they're your potential partner.
0: Right. Like just because your friend's a swinger doesn't mean, I mean you're, you're, them and their spouse yeah. are trying to fuck you all the time.
2: And just um, because you're a porn star doesn't mean you're trying to get laid all the time. Like we know porn stars that are monogamous. You know, yeah. And that are just,
0: actually very vanilla and in they're their very personal life. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're the least kinky people I know. They just happen to fuck really good for a living.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So um, that was sort of how this question came about. I got a private message from somebody and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, kink community is where I found my people. And they asked me, what is kink? And I read that question and, you know, this is my job. I talk about what is kink all the time. But like that question at that time and that medium just like hit me different. And I was like, what is kink? Ah, and I had this like existential crisis. Um, And I think part of it was because when Ken and I are teaching, coaching, whatever, people have found us because they are already somewhat interested in learning more about their sexuality. They might know a little bit about sex positivity. They maybe might not know about kink or BDSM. But they n- know enough to know it's out there and they want to know more. So it's very rare. Am I posed a question like that from somebody who, and I don't know this person, I don't know that they know nothing, but I'm just assuming, you know, random stranger off the internet knows nothing. And just having that question posed to me in that way was like, whoa, how, one, how do I explain what kink is to somebody who has no inkling about the kink community. And two, I started really like drilling down on the what is kink question for myself, who's very kinky, who knows all the things, who's an educator of like, it was like one of those like conversations you have when you get really high. I don't get high anymore, but if I did, it would be like, I smoked a dupe and I was like, what is kink? Like I had a moment like that. Um, so that's what that's what we're talking Conversely, about. today. I'm high right now. Okay. So you're, <laughs> and you're that like, cool. <laughs> um, found your very best friends, Tris said, found my very best friends in the king community and they became our family, which is freaking amazing. It is. Um, while I kind of, you know, pontificate and and think out loud. And and this is gonna be good word,
2: pontificate.
0: No, Is that, that like a, did no. you just neg me? Like, no, I didn't
2: neg you. Ooh, like, no, it okay. was a compliment. Okay, I know that good word. word. I didn't, <laughs> I'm not questioning your intellect. Good word. Thank you. <laughs> Legit compliment, nonverbal learning disorder. <laughs> okay. Learn the difference. See, I don't know
0: <laughs> the nonverbalness behind <laughs> no, that. No, good word. Right there. Um. While I pontificate.
2: <laughs> You're going to masticate uh, while you pontificate. I would
0: love for you To type in the comments or even pop on screen, uh, tell me what kink means to you, because it is super fucking subjective. It means something different to everybody, and I think this is partially why my brain exploded. I also am realizing that right now, at this point in history, with coronavirus happening, us all collectively having major mental breakdowns right now. We're redefining everything in our lives. We're redefining intimacy. We're redefining our sexuality. Um, that's all happening right now, and I think we're really, re- in some way, maybe not redefining. Maybe it's really zeroing in on what kink means to us because fine tuning. And, yeah, and fine tuning. That's that's a good word. Thank you. That's <laughs> Good word. <laughs> um, because of everything that's going on and also you know before covid hit i you know i'm a marketer first and foremost so i look at you know and a pontificator shut up, <laughs> <shut up. laughs> yeah I, I work for the company it's a ho 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 green giant mm-hmm. and he, he, pillsbury doughboy and you know wow. big advertising company so uh agency so I started thinking about Gen Z, so the the people who are what high school and college. How old is it? Gen Z, no more than like mid twenties now, pretty much. Maybe yeah,
2: is, is our daughter on the lowest end of? Gen I can't Z? remember,
0: but Gen Z, yeah. the young people right now, uh, it, from a marketing standpoint, From a marketing standpoint, what has been I guess coming out about that generation as a whole, and and applying that to their sexuality, Gen Z is very much more emotionally connected to others um they're very uh more emotionally conscientious they are less less sexually promiscuous they're more cautious when it went sexually with people they like to dive into each other more from a mental standpoint and also now this is how we're all moving with coronavirus because like we can't physically see people. We're doing stuff on Skype and Zoom, and we have to like sexually get into people's heads and we're having phone sex and yeah. We're not able to just physically be with someone and like mindlessly mash our genitals together. Not that there's anything wrong with that, that's amazing. But our situations are forcing us to look at intimacy differently right now. So that's a lot of what's floating in my head now. So usually when I'm talking, you know, when I'm answering the question, what is kink to somebody who has a little, a little bit of, you know, sex positive culture, know how, um, and discord, yes, I will usually start with, well, you know, let's break down what does kink mean? What does a fetish mean? And what does BDSM mean? Because A lot of times people will use them interchangeably. They'll be like, oh, if you're a kinkster, you're into hardcore BDSM or if you're, you know, so I usually start there. So BDSM, I'm just going to do a quick bondage and discipline, dominance and submission and sadomasochism. So it's basically an acronym that covers the entire world of kinky, anything you could possibly do, whether it's uh, tying somebody up or smacking them on the ass or doing erotic humiliation All of the, or pain, you know, all of those things fall under the acronym of BDSM. When you look at what kinks or fetishes are, a fetish, and I actually, I pulled up the real
2: quick before she uh, does that. I wanted to mention one thing. Um, I'm an old human. And one of the things about being an old human is that I have found that like I was kinky from the time I could remember from the time I was very young. Kinks change, modify, and grow over time. And in my experience, at least from having been kinky for close to 32 years now, I think that like they they even come full circle in some instances. So don't let anyone kink or fetish or community define you or what you do. Just go with what you feel and what makes you live your best life.
0: Okay, so I told you what BDSM is. I'm going to the dictionary definition of a fetish. Google tells me it's a form of a sexual a form of sexual desire. In which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. That's usually not the definition I use because I don't like the word abnormal; it has bad connotations. I usually say that it is something that turns you on sexually that isn't normally a sexual thing. It is often uh, an object, you know, something tangible, and by some definitions people who have a fetish can't actually get off unless they have that thing. So let's say your fetish is latex, like you love the feel of latex and rubber. You might not even be able to you know, get a boner or get off or whatever, get sexually turned on unless you're like feeling that latex between your fingers. So that's what a fetish is. A kink, uh, Google tells me is involving or given to unusual sexual behavior. And again, I don't like that definition. It's similar, but the definition that I always use in my teaching is um, something that turns you on sexually that falls outside of the sexual norm. And this is where I kind of had a, oh, here, kink is freedom. Finding kink was like a weight lifted or a door opened. I found myself, accepted myself. That's amazing. Um, Dustin says, I feel like kink has to go one of two ways, either the traditional against the norm sort of definition that is a minority, or we can redefine kink to a sort of branding of sex positivity slash openness to experiences. I love that, by the way. Yes, I need to remember this. Um, Yeah, that's, it 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 does have a really subjective definition. So the definition that I use that's based off the dictionary definition is something that turns you on sexually that falls outside of the sexual norm which poses a number of problems we get into the subjectivity what is the sexual norm okay this if you live in some you know let's say you're i don't know amish you're right or some someplace that's very conservative to you a blowjob might be that might be like whoo.
2: I think it's a bad example good. because of rum springing.
0: Okay, whatever. I don't know. But if you're in, in a conservative, you know, whatever social group you're Christian in reformed. or cultural group you're in, yeah, maybe blowjobs are like, no way. And if you do them, you're being kinky. Yes. Where to somebody else, they're like, it's just a blow. No big deal. Like to me, maybe kinky is dripping hot wax on my body. And to somebody else, they might say like, that's kind of normal to me. That's not kinky. So first we have a problem because we have no concrete definition of what the sexual norm is. If you look at what America, media, etc., calls a sexual norm, we have two very conflicting simultaneous uh, representations of that. On one respect, it's like, Lights out, missionary position. Do, you know, don't make too much noise. Maybe you fake your orgasm just to, you know, think of England. Whatever. But then you look at, you know, people like us, or people who read the Fifty Shades of Grey books, or you know, people who tend yeah, to be a little sex. bit, yeah, people who are more progressive sexually. Uh-huh. Their definition. I forgot. Totally, my brain just went. It's totally different. You made a h- clown, and I don't know what happened. So anyway. Um, Yeah. So that's the first problem. The second problem with that definition that it wasn't until recently got me is something that turns you on sexually. We haven't really defined what that means. Like we assume something that turns you on sexually means you get a hard on, you get wet, you know, whatever it is, you you know, you feel the tingly in your pants, your nipples get hard, whatever. But is that really the definition? You know, if you think of people who engage in BDSM and different sorts of, you know, power exchange role plays, what turns them on sexually might be more up here, it might be like the power of what's going on, as opposed to like, you just got a boner. So this is part of the reason I think why that question like blew my mind because I'm like this is not easy to explain because it's so subjective. Um, let me just see if there's additional comments. So I don't know what what are your thoughts so far? Are you with me?
2: I don't know if I agree with that. Really? Yeah, because like I I like there are certain acts that I have that are kinks that definitely increase physical arousal.
0: Oh, I'm not saying they don't. But I'm saying that doesn't happen for everybody.
2: So you're saying people that don't get physical arousal at all or people just they they're confusing physical arousal for mental arousal. I don't understand. No, no. Saying I'm that. saying
0: like, like, for instance, I had that dream last night. If you haven't heard Twitter, <laughs> I had a dream last night. It was so funny that I topped Joey from Friends. OK, I first of all,
2: money to see that.
0: I, I don't watch Friends. I don't <laughs> like Friends. I don't know. But it was like so hot. And I was like beating like he didn't know about BDSM. So I was like his first experience. And of course, in the dream, I was like, I had this like super hot latex outfit and shit. And um I wanna say Is I have, had a latex in your dream? I think I also had the body of my 23 year old self in the dream. <laughs> I was like super hot and stuff. And uh I was spanking him and beating him and caning him and like showing him all the things because it was new and like every time I I beat him he was like so excited like this is amazing I never knew about this Um, but at the same time he was kind of scared but in that good sexy kind of scared you know not like a legit I want to stop scared and then I was like putting duct tape on him and ripping his body hair out and I think I pegged him although I don't remember that part in the dream but my point is Oh, OMG My <laughs> point is I woke up so happy And feeling completely sexually satisfied However No genitals and no actual fucking Happened in that dream Like I got off Maybe not in a I'm going to have an orgasm way But in a more Up here sexual way Just from topping Joey in my dream Does that make sense? Yes it
2: does So that's that, what that I mean totally legit. I, right. I was confused right. What you meant initially
0: Right So, like, when we say a sexual turn-on, I think most people assume that means, like, genitals have to get engorged, something has to ejaculate, like, that sort of thing. But what we forget is a sexual turn-on can happen all up here. Like, there are people who are asexual who, you know, and there's, you know, asexuality is a spectrum. And, yes, there are asexual people that still have genital-involved sex. but. Like there are, you know, people who are asexual who are kinky that totally get off on it, but they don't necessarily get off on like, oh, you know, genitals are being mashed together. They're getting off on another, like a psychosexual component of the scene, if that makes sense.
2: It You know what it just made me think of is it was very um, sexually arousing, but not like you're saying, not in a physical way, watching like the clown orgy that we filmed for the show because you and I were either in the show or we were producing it, but we couldn't get involved with the orgy. And that was frustrating and amazing and beautiful. Cause it was a lot of our good friends. Right. That was a very good, positive, energetic experience.
0: Yeah. 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 You I know don't what know. I
2: mean? Like just being able to watch a sexy thing and we were part of it, but like not involved with it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where I sort of had my like, mental like holy shit what the fuck is kink so you know when it comes to giving a simple answer and my response was like this is not a simple answer I'm going to do a live stream about it you can watch it and I don't know maybe this is going to be more confusing if you're here watching it um <laughs> I really like Midori's definition of kink oh yeah yeah her her definition of kink is childlike play with adult sexual privilege and really cool toys and that is I, I can't think of a better definition of kink and you know the more I I really reflect pontificate on uh, <laughs> um, on what kink is and why do we like it the more I'm like you know the, the definitions that we use or what people think kink is, I think is a very narrow definition. I mean, you know, when when you hear someone say I'm kinky, first of all, even in a sexual way, that can mean lots of different things. It can mean I have vanilla sex, but every once in a while I put on some lingerie and, you know, do a little spanky spanky. You know, I do it on my anniversary Mm -hmm. or on a birthday. I'm kinky, and kinky to another person could mean like I do, you know, rope suspension, and you know, put jumper cables on my nipples, and you know, set my feet on fire. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's my
2: literally listing things we've done together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you,
2: Adam.
0: (laughs) Um. So yeah. That's that's kind of where I am. I've literally
2: done that to somebody, hang them upside down, suspend them, and light their feet on fire.
0: Yeah, it's it's that was fun. fun.
2: It's pretty fun. That was fun. So and I still do
0: that is (laughs) that really I mean the definition of kinky is like it's really subjective and it does sound great. (laughs) And it's really up to you. So now I'm gonna tie that into community because you know this whole thing came up with like When I found the kink community, I found my people for a lot of different reasons. They, you know, they that say things, I don't know the exact they, but they say (laughs) um, that the vanilla community, and I don't want to make like vanilla is bad and kinky is good. That's not sex positive. You know, sex positive, you're into whatever the fuck you're into. And if you're having a good time, good for you. Like one's not better than the other, you know, but a lot of times you'll, you'll hear people say that, you know, people who are vanilla or maybe not involved in these sex positive communities can still take certain things from those communities that will benefit them. Like just like monogamous people can take some practices that are commonplace in the polyamorous communities apply those things to their own relationship while still remaining very monogamous and it will improve their communication. It will improve the relationship. So, you know, some of the things I see in sex positive communities, it could be kink, it could be non-monogamous, you know, the greater sex positive communities is communication is normalized between partners. You know, as I said, that's why I found my people because I could say to somebody like, Hi Ken, you're Hi, you're hot. You know, he's like nice boobs is the first thing he said to me.
2: Very clever man.
0: Yeah, I don't. I <laughs> want to go back and I'm see so if I can pull it up and see what I said back. I can't remember. Um, but I,
2: I, I, I would. I, I'm a terrible flirter, you guys. But like, she she appreciated my directness so I think. Well,
0: I, here's the thing I liked. Here's the thing I liked. So when I dated before. When I found myself single midlife, and I tried to, I was not like, okay. but I think I did plenty of fish a couple of times. That was a disaster. Uh, it was the early two thousands. Different world. Um,
2: in the before time. In
0: the before, way before, and dating was just horrible was confusing. I couldn't flirt. I was like, what do they mean? They sent me this email. I don't know what it means. Like there, there could be 8 million tones of voices in this. And I don't know. I don't know what to say back. It was really super stressful. When I met Ken on FetLife, FetLife.com, F-E-T-L-I-F-E.com. It's a kinky social networking site. The profiles are like, hi, I'm Ken, you know, this is my age, my gender, my, my role in kink, like I'm a dominant. And then it was like, here are all the things I'm into sexually. Here are all the things I'm looking for. Here are all the things I'm not looking for. Um, you were pretty much an open book, like just yeah. even looking at your profile, looking at a profile on a kinky website is very different because it's like the facade is gone. I mean, not always. There's always assholes everywhere. I'm not, that's not what I mean. But for a lot of people, they're more forthcoming and you see their real, genuine, authentic selves right away. Then when we started talking, it was like, you know, I could say, well, what kind of relationship are you looking for? Like in vanilla dating, even that sometimes is like, whoa.
2: Really? Yeah,
0: I mean not to, but I to think some people, just people
2: right away I think they're like polyamorous cuz right. like it's not like I wasn't looking for a relationship right. just so few but people even, that I would I think in the was, vanilla
0: thing it's more know. like are you looking for a relationship versus not like people don't want to be like I don't I want I don't want to say I'm just looking for fun because they're going to think I'm a player and so then you get like especially straight guys who lead the women they're dating along, making them think that they're interested in a relationship because they assume that the women want a relationship. And even if the women don't want a relationship, they think they're going to think I'm a slut if I say I'm just in this for the fun and I'm not, you know, things have changed. Granted, you know, as time goes on, we drop those. But back when I was dating, that was a very much a thing. And in some circles, it still is very much a thing. Like we, we are in progressive circles with a lot of younger people, like we're the older people in our group um, who are more liberal and progressive politically, relationship wise, that sort of thing. That's not
2: across the board, actually open to most ideas. But I think.
0: that's not your average America. No, that is not your average America, you know? So right there, if you, you know, if I found myself, I lived in Northwest Indiana for a minute. If I was still in Northwest Indiana right now, I would not be finding a group of people like you. They were all very much like I need to, you know, we're, we're, we're all strict here. We're all heterosexual and I need to str- you know, as the man, I need to string the woman along and make her think maybe I'm, I am I want to, you know, get married, but really I just want to fuck her, but I'm going to lie to her. Like, that was normal.
2: You almost sounded like Cher right there. That was awesome.
0: If I could turn back. No, it's not okay. Um. So anyway, then when I started talking to you, yeah, so it was very customary to be like, what are you looking for? And if, like, just sex was the answer, it is okay to say that. And, like, nobody's judging you. And you can say exactly what you want in these communities, and nobody's going to judge you for it. I mean, depending on what you say, most things. If it's really <laughs> it's something illegal and bad, maybe. But, you know, um, no one's going to judge you for it. People take no's very well. And can, if you're like, yeah, no, that's a little bit different. Okay. I'm sorry, that's not for me. Okay, cool. You know, it's great talking. I hope you find what you're looking for. You know, I have a few friends or do you want to, Cool. I could never have that happen. I will not say never, but not likely have that happen in a vanilla dating scenario.
2: Well, even just to the point where you're having open communication in a vanilla dating
0: scenario. Right. So it's like, you know, these are the things that I find in kinky communities that anyone can benefit from normalizing direct conversation, normalizing, receiving whatever feedback you have without judgment. So if it's a no, not to be pissed off or to keep pushing or whatever, you know, so that's what I found in kinky communities. And like, for me, when I say kinky community, I mean. I don't know. To me, kink is sort of like, and maybe it's kind of like what Justin said. I'm gonna go back. It's sort of like queer in a way. I'm not. I'm not gonna say it's the same definition, but it's like in the same family of words, kind of meaning.
2: I would agree with that.
0: it's. It's not the norm when it comes to sexuality. It's something that's you know outside of that norm or that expectation, no matter what it is. It may be non-monogamous. It may be you're into BDSM. It may be you're a swinger, or you're a nudist, or you're, you know what I mean? That's kind of how I use kink, is sort of a a generic catch-all of, like, I am different sexually, or I, I, I am involved in alternative sexuality in some way, shape, or form.
2: You know what I was just thinking of? There's also a subsect... Uh, There's also a subsect of vanilla people that would never identify as kink, but they're actually kinky. Our best example of this is uh, found in the holding community because uh, it was like, what, 70% of all sales of of chastity devices are by vanilla couples that are not in the lifestyle at all but just like the man has cheated on the woman and so she's locking his penis in a cage just because.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like they would never identify as kinky but that's definitely a I, weird I mean there's
0: I don't know if I call that ki- the, see that?
2: That is definitely kinky. It
0: is ki- the Okay. You're putting somebody's genitals no, 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 in no, no, a no, no.
2: cage. The is action kinky. is
0: kinky, the reason behind it is not. The action I is...
2: To differ. I would say half of it is not. I would say whoever is wanting, whoever is consenting to have a dick cage on, there is...
0: But are they consenting? Under, like, let's say you're, you're okay. Here's a scenario. Husband, wife, traditional suburban hetero, two kids, the whole thing. You know, husband's mm-hmm. cheating with the secretary, right? Wife finds out. Wife says, I'm going to divorce your ass and take everything, or I'm going to, you know... I don't know, do something bad to you, whatever. Take your kids away from you um, unless you wear this cock cage. Is that consent? I mean, that's under duress. You know what I mean? And like, even though the, the act of putting the chassis device on somebody's penis, that is a kinky act. It is not being done for a kinky reason. It's being done for a controlling toxic what i would your asses need to communicate better reason
2: i wouldn't say 100 of all those cases are blackmail That's i would say strange. i would say some of them are blackmail
0: some of them kind of enjoy but it But some
2: of them are like don't put me in a cock cage please <laughs> please don't do that mistress
0: Oh but then okay so that leads me to and real quick justin said justin's uh Definition was sex positivity slash openness to experience as, as his definition of kink. And yeah, that's kind of along the lines where I am. Um, so yeah. Are they consenting is the key Ruben and Sherry said, and yes, even though the husband might be consenting, it's under duress, but you're right. There may be like this secret desire to be like, this is what I wanted all along, but then this is the difference because those people were not open to being their authentic sexual selves because they were not open to hearing things from their partners that were very important to that partner that they might not want to hear or know how to deal with they lived in secrecy this husband went and fucked the secretary Behind, you know, hurt his wife emotionally maybe all along he he kind of wants to be caught. Like there are those the I majority, play with people the, the who kind of want to be caught. I
2: worked at that. that was the right.
0: case. So they kind of want to be caught. And then when they're caught, the wife is like, I'm gonna put this chassis device on you. And of course, the husband plays off, like, no, don't do that. But secretly inside, he's getting a little chubby in that chassis device, because it's kind of what he wanted all along, whether he realized it or not. Wouldn't have been much easier if they just fucking said we're kinky? wife these are the des- i really want to be like you know locked up and controlled by you uh you know i maybe i am interested in other people whatever it is and th- then negotiate it and actually play this out without having to go around the world and be unethical with each other just to end up with what they wanted. Because mm-hmm. that could have blown up in their faces. Maybe the wife didn't get a chastity device and, and lock them up and get. Maybe she just divorced his ass and now you know the children are in therapy because their parents are divorced. Like you just could have negotiated some BDSM stuff. And I, th- this is why I'm. This is why we do what we do. It's like you could avoid all that bullshit and, and become more self aware with yourself. Normalize communicating with your partner. Whether you do kinky stuff, whether you go to BDSM parties and or you're non-monogamous, that doesn't matter. And that goes back to, you know, what vanilla people can learn from sex-positive communities. Do you have a moose sticking out of your caboose? I mean, wait, not like actually sticking out of your actual caboose, but like more your caboose crack? If... Is this metaphor not working? Okay, what I'm trying to say is, are you hairy as a mofo down there? Yeah? Well, thankfully, our sponsor, Manscaped, has you covered. To keep those moose hairs looking nice and trimmed, Ken and I recommend Manscaped's precision engineer tools for your family jewels. Now, the Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. It's waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Those boxer briefs might be one of my favorite parts of the collection. They have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy and m- moose? Mooses? Meese? What are plural mooses? I don't know. Do you have one moose? I still don't understand my metaphor. Whatever's going on with the moose, they're going to be supported. Pair them up with Manscaped's pH-balancing liquid products like the Crop Preserver and you're ready for anything. You really need to try this out. And lucky for you, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Now go tame that moose. I know you've got a lot on your mind. And in times of stress or anxiety, it can be really hard to remember to take time to focus on yourself. But you know what? Your joy and your pleasure are so important, especially right now. So put your well-being first with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. The stories are relatable and they're immersive, so you feel like you're right there in it. And there's something for everyone, whatever, or whoever you are into. They add new content every week, so there's always more to explore. You know, find stories about a hookup with a hot, sexy stranger, getting closer with that physical trainer you just can't stop thinking about, or maybe trying a new toy together, really spicing it up and getting tied up. The wellness sessions can also help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. So spice things up today with Dipsy. And for listeners of American Sex, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sunny, S-U-N-N-Y. That's 30 days free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sunny slash sunny go ahead and take care of yourself.
2: Dustin has a really important point and I and I want to comment on that. Dust, Dustin says it's not kink unless it's consent, which isn't true all the time. I actually think that there it's not a binary where it's consent and not consent. There's a shade, a bunch of shades in between where there are some cases where there's implied consent.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's messy. It's, it's it is messy. It's I'm not messy. saying it's clean,
2: but, yeah. but I'm not, the, I'm just saying like in any other thing, there's not a complete, it's just consent or non-consent because there are cases that people, one person might've thought it was consent to the beginning and it ended up not yeah. being consent at all. And there's the other way around where there was not implied consent, but it was somehow wanted. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, just saying,
2: like it's it's dangerous to say everything is one. Well, one I'm, th- thing I'm
0: thinking back to our one of our conversations with Midori. Um, I forget which podcast. I yes, it was, I, I was think, think she. You. I I want to say, don't quote me on it. And I think this was our first interview with her, which is like episode forty something. It's engaged, collaborative oh, yeah, yeah. consent, and um, I really you, like listen. this definition because now we're going back to neurodiversity again, with. People say you have to have enthusiastic consent, like, yeah, I want to do the thing. I want to be Sometimes, and I bring up neurodiversity because there are some people that may not express uh, or may not emote as enthusiastically as the rest of us, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're not enthusiastic inside. Um, and then with with Midori, with her engaged collaborative consent, there are those Times where you want to push your boundaries. Now, again, this is very nuanced, very gray area. I'm not saying boundaries. This is
2: what I was referring to you. Right.
0: I'm not saying boundaries are there to be pushed. They are not. But you have the choice to choose which boundaries that you have that you want to test. You know, and that could be for a number of reasons. Let's say. Uh, I have a fear of public speaking and when I'm doing scenes with my dom, it is off limits that they make me like perform in front of a group of people because it's too scary for me, but I might decide at some point, like, I really need to work on that. And even though it's one of my biggest fears and I'm terrified i have decided i have made the choice that that is one of my boundaries i want to push and explore because i know it might be therapeutic for me or good for me or the reason doesn't matter why i want to do it um and in that case you know let's say you're my dom and i i've told you about like i fear public speaking i i need you to push me and here and we negotiate like here are the ways that i will allow you to push my boundaries here are the ways that I won't allow you to push my boundaries. And we've had this negotiation, right? And then it comes time. We're at a public party. And he makes me do something where I have to perform in front of people. And maybe I'm not very enthusiastic about that because I'm fucking terrified. Like this is my biggest fear. But I've also consented to it. So that, and, and I know I'm not explaining. Midori's concept perfectly. It's been a long time since I've heard that episode, but that's kind of what her engaged collaborative consent, almost like um, almost like rack consent, and rack stands for risk-aware consensual kink, um, meaning usually when you're doing things like edge play, which is risky play, like maybe it's knife play. Oh, I was doing knife play with Joey in my dream, I just remembered. Uh- <laughs> And I was like, I wonder if this is too much. We're getting to the edge play. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to freak out. I got to present this to him in a very, like, you know. know, Whoa. No, that's Joey Lawrence. Lawrence. How you doing? That's Joey. That's how you give aftercare to Joey. You're like, you give him a blanket. You go, how you do it? So
1: (laughs) anyway,
0: um, risk-aware consensual kink means that you're doing something that's a little iffy, a little risky, but you You know, all partners involved have weighed the risks, have educated themselves as much as they can, have made sure they look out for if mistakes are going to happen, but they know that this shit can go sideways, but they've agreed and consented to do it anyway. I kind of feel like this, like this enthusiastic consent in these situations is sort of like that. Like, yes, I've ultimately consented to it. But no, I'm not fucking enthusiastic. I'm nervous as shit. Maybe this was a bad idea. But I agreed to it and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through. And I know that consent can be revoked at any time. I know that at any time I can be like, Ken, I'm serious. Red, I'm done. I, I can't do it. I was wrong. I thought I could do it, but I can't. And I and that can happen at any time, but I'm still not enthusiastic. Does that make sense? Let me stop. Are we all like, whoa, um, it's really fucking nuanced. Like this stuff is
1: really fucking nuanced. Sure. Hi. How are you? How are you guys? Good. Good. So what are
0: you thinking? Are, is your brain like chewing on all the things?
1: All, yeah. Like how do you, how do you define consent when someone just asks you out of the blue and there's no, um, yeah, that's hard. Uh, I think it's, I think it, uh, the definition depends on how you kind of discovered it in a way. Uh, like for me, I think I had my first kink fantasy when I was three. So oh. for me, kink for me, I think everyone's a little kinky. It just depends on whether you want to communicate that, and if you're mm-hmm. going to get anything out of communicating that. That's the really important thing about kink is we do get a lot out of it, or you should at yeah. least, I think. Um, but I've had this conversation with people, and I will say a defining characteristic that I look for when I'm forming friendships is how kinky are they. Cause I know the friendship's going to be easier if they're kinky. Like an example I can give you is one of my friends was in a long string of abusive relationships. Um, and with her current partner, which it's super, it's, it's like a totally night and day relationship situation. They sat before they went on their first date and she stated everything that she wanted to get out of her next relationship and everything that she could not tolerate, and he did the same thing. And I know it sounds cold and pragmatic,
0: it's and maybe so not cool. the
1: sexiest thing, but their relationship is like incredible. And this man listens, like like none. Other, you know, she's really managed to hone in by having that one like kind of terrifying conversation with someone, just in terms of dating. That's yeah. I don't think they discuss sex. Um, being able to exercise that muscle is something that we do in the poly and the kink community, and I just think it makes you a better friend, it makes you a better partner. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, how I, to, I the bottom up, I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just think that, and again, this is a generalization, it doesn't mean every single person is, but in general, people in the kink community or whatever, you know, and again, I, I use kink very generically, sex positive communities, all yeah. sex communities, whatever you want to call it, tend to be a bit more emotionally illiterate, more self-aware because they've done that introspection, which you have to be self-aware to be able to relate to other people and have good interpersonal relationships. Um, they, Like you said, they exercise that muscle where they've normalized communicating down to the minutiae where maybe yeah. on the surface, it seems unsexy, but it is so fucking helpful. And, and again, to your point, it's like, if you're finding friends from those communities, your friendships are better, you know, and it's, you know, you think now I'm going to get all dorky, like neuroplasticity, I know, right? neuroplasticity, like your neuron, you know, what, 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 uh, fires together, wires together. So it, the more you are used to thinking in a certain way, the more you are used to operating in a certain way, the more that becomes normal and you just do it automatically. So if you're engaging with people that behave this way on a, an emotional and an interpersonal level all the time, because it's like a given, that's just how you act and what you do. Yeah, It is going to enhance relationships with, Whoever, like with your mother, with your neighbor, with the person you bumped into at the Walmart, like with every human
1: you come in contact with.
2: But not with those people that don't wear masks. Fuck those. Fuck those
1: I'm gonna put them in yeah, chat. They're, they're not they're not respecting my boundaries.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't consent
1: to you not wearing a mask. Right? Like no. I'm no, yeah, you don't know have I mean. I'm in quarantine right now because one of the few people that I- tested positive. So I'm quarantining oh my myself God. and you know what I did? It's okay. Um, I know. And I've been so careful too. So this is just goes you to show you guys, been. I've been really, I, really careful. But what I did is I texted, I'm, I'm sleeping with one person right now who, who has similar COVID values to me. That is literally how I selected this person. And I instantly texted him. I instantly looked at my calendar. I'd made lists of anyone else I had had contact with and I contacted everyone. Now, that may not be someone's typical, like, strategy. But I think if I wasn't involved in the sex-positive community, I probably wouldn't be handling COVID the way that I am, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, because
2: that's like instant contact tracing.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's smart. So I just, I can't, everyone's of my friends thought I was nuts. But I'm like, hey, this is how many days you have to worry about. And, yeah. But, like, kink touches the aspect, including corona. (laughs) You
0: know, maybe kink isn't even necessarily, and I mean, in the way we use it, because again, it's subjective, but isn't necessarily represent, representative of actions. It's representative of a philosophy or a set of values.
1: Yeah, that's why I mentioned, is kink defined specifically by the action or is it the intention behind it? Um, and I think that that's something to think about. A lot of people think it's all just action, yeah. No, I I think it it could it, be it, a little bit of both. It's
0: my pit. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I guess when I answered that person's question, I was thinking it when I when I use the you know kink community is where I found my people, and I was looking at it now that you make that distinction in more of the intention in the values because. To me, it doesn't matter if it's like the non-monogamous folks, the BDSM folks, or even there are plenty of people who consider themselves more vanilla that are absolutely welcome in these spaces. Um, And it is more and those those people who are vanilla that are welcome in these spaces that maybe they aren't the ones doing all of the kinky actions those folks, even though they don't do the stuff, they still share those values. And to me- Well, and there, it, is a kink
1: to, there is a kink to- There is a kink to of being surrounded also. I mean, that's a little kinky in and of itself, even sure. though you might not participate, just being able to kind of watch it all play out. That's hot.
0: You yeah, know? like so. you're a
1: voyeur and you're just, you know, mm-hmm. drinking it in. Um, you know what
2: I just realized? Huh. Um, most of our kink friends, if they are within- like one to two degrees of separation from us sexually, we have probably gone through some sort of public health STI thing in the past. So it makes going through COVID a natural support system for a lot of us. Because I know that like I've had friends with, you know, chlamydia scares, HIV scares, like uh, gonorrhea scares, uh, just because it's not that we had it more frequently, but it's that we talk about it more openly and more frequently. And we don't shame. And we don't shame people. Right. Yeah. If somebody gets HPV, like, that's, you know, that's a kind of... You don't shame somebody for getting a cancer. You don't right. shame somebody for getting a disease. Nobody intentionally gets
0: them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This has given me a lot, like, I'm I'm thinking more and more. And really, yeah. Kink is a philosophy. It, it is a... It, it's the intention.
2: And a sexual preference.
0: Right. But at least the way... The way, I guess, I was using it in that scenario. So, you know, what I would... Advise to someone, I guess, who is new, you know, who's like, I don't know anything about kink, but this, this, you know, philosophy or way of being seems to appeal to me. What the hell should I do? Look at Dustin's
2: comment. That's very
0: interesting. It may be that kink is evolving as it
1: grows in acceptance. Ooh.
2: That's what
1: you said about Generation Z. Is that what you were talking about? The the younger 20s? I'm. I don't hang out with many of them, and you like got me thinking. I'm interested how they would define kink. Yeah, and I
0: I think they would define bad. kink more like this because you know, and and it's like I have one kid, why why a kid, kid. Huh?
1: I said, why aren't I sleeping with any of them? That's know, my question. If they do not have they yeah. don't. No, don't that's have like my
0: they don't have sex a lot. I mean, I'm not saying they don't have sex a lot, but they are very choosy with their sexual partners they are waiting longer to have sex for the first time however they are like uber educated they've been all over scarletine they've read all the books they know like they're sex positive they know all the things
2: i wouldn't say they're more choosy i think that they have less casual sex
0: yeah they have less casual sex yeah um but also more more Like mental intimacy. Uh, One thing I've noticed too is with a lot of the Gen Z people, at least that I have known, when it comes to, like a lot of them are queer, you know, like a huge Huge, percentage.
2: Huge huge percentage of queer. Yeah. LGBTQIA spectrum.
0: Huge percentage identify as queer, but the interesting thing is when I ask about like, what are your pronouns or, you know, I get a lot of like I
2: don't care. Yeah, whatever. I don't have labels. They're just
0: labels. I that's
2: don't, that's a millennial my thing. My pronouns don't matter,
0: and I'm like, <laughs> what? Like pronouns are really important.
2: What well, do I have to like Harry Potter too? Yeah, <laughs> and it's <laughs> just like Katie got millennials for their Harry Potter-isms.
0: It's just a completely <laughs> different like
1: <I'm> a Slytherin. <laughs> same. I'm a Slytherin. It's a I
0: know. <laughs> a completely different viewpoint. A completely like they they look through their, their sets of values with like a different lens, you know, and I've heard from so many people who are Gen Z that are like, I'm not going to get all up in the pronoun thing. I'm not my pronouns. It doesn't matter.
2: Trish has an interesting point. They're more accepting of differences.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Across the board. Differences, fluidity, like it, it's just, it's really interesting and, and like try to read some of the, Uh, you know, like marketing profiles on Gen Z and like what they are, like their values as a a generational group. And it's really fascinating. And I think that more and more of the world, we're sort of moving towards those same values that Gen Z is bringing up. And I I find it just fascinating. I
1: love it because I've always had those values like um, in the kink community everyone always thinks I'm weird because I vet my partners for like five years typically um, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I watch them kind of like a creep I have like a little mental list and I ch- I tend to not sleep with someone until I've known them for that long. That's smart um, and um, even it, it casual sex you know you can have casual sex with your friends very rewarding casual sex with your mm-hmm. friends but I typically do that so I don't, I don't know I'm just kind of interested in that yeah, generation yeah here's
0: a comment here um so one i think they have less casual friends based on some of the young people i know as their community stand line yes and my 17 year old son uses pronouns in a way that makes me think he has zero care about it i'm trying to be careful and he's really annoyed that i'm asking yes yes i'm that. making this big deal like i want to make sure i get your pronouns right i don't i want to be respectful and they're like Who the fuck can, call me whatever you, why are you so, why are you zeroing in on that thing? And I'm just like, aren't they important? Eh. Do you
2: remember the first time we (laughs) took a porn star and run them through our BDSM practices? It was the same kind of like reaction. Like, why are you, why are you going through all of this safety stuff? Just Fuck me and stick me. I in don't a...
0: think that was a Gen Z thing. Like, no, I don't know, no. think... it's not a
2: Gen Z thing. I'm just saying it was a similar reaction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why are you asking so much? Your caution
0: is making me nervous,
2: is what But, but Gen Z,
0: like I from what I hear about Gen Z, is Gen Z is like, let's talk about all the things. Let's really think about everything before we do it. Let's blah, blah. so like if that were like a true Gen Z person, they probably would have really appreciated our intense no- negotiation. Yeah and then probably
1: would have been like so i uh, <laughs> here's a here's a situation like i slept with i think she was 23 this was prior to corona um and she was trans and so before we slept together i obviously you know started talking about how she wanted to be touched what she wanted to call you know certain body t- body parts and she laughs in my face and she goes it's a cock do you know what to do with a fucking cock and i'm like I do know what to do with the fucking guy. <laughs> and, I mean it was like it was so much fun. Um but that was not that's not the answer I would get from someone my age who's you know I'm 34 oh, so. yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: so thank you. I really enjoyed this and thank you Adam Adam, Adam thank just you. gave us oh my point. God
1: Adam thank
0: you so much yeah, I enjoyed this because, oh, yeah, nice. because it was very much like a Let's just all deconstruct this together because I'm not really the teacher. I don't have the answer. Let's just all talk. And I'm still like going through mind blown moments. So thank you. We need to, I think we need to do more of this. This is fun. You, you and I,
1: the last time I saw you, we had a conversation similar, but there were cocktails involved. It was about whether kink is an identity, if it's something you're born with, or if it's developed over time, it was really interesting. And it touched on things that you touched on today. So
0: Mm -hmm. love you. See you Mm -hmm. next week.